Welcome to Zichu Daf Simani Member by Ram Goldar, and here with Zechus Baba Kama, Daf Mem Alf, the fourth parak Shor Shanagach. The fourth parak has been generously sponsored with Zechu Nishmas, Rosh Hadvor Bas Aranakon Al Hasham. Mir Neshama have an aliyah. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the next mission teaches about an ox which kills a person that a muad would pay kofra and a tum would not. But even a tum is stoned to death. The Gemara said, since a tum is killed, how can it become a muad to kill people? Seven answers are offered and four remain. Number one, where it mortally injured three people who died after the third goring, rendering the ox a muad then and obligating its owner in kofra. Number two, where it killed and fled to a swamp before it could be sentenced to death for its first killing, and then did so again after its second killing. Number three, the original witnesses who testified to the first two killings were discredited through Hazama and reinstated after the third killing. And number four, the witnesses could not identify which of the oxen was the killer before the third goring, so it could not be stoned earlier. He still pays Kofor for its third killing because he's told you have a goring ox among your cattle, you must guard all your cattle. Point number two, Abraisa discusses the laws of Ashur and Niskal, a condemned ox. Since it's stoned to death, it's obvious that it cannot be eaten, lacking shechita. So why does the Torah need to write, Lo yachel its flesh shall not be eaten? It teaches, Shim Dino, if he shechted it after its sentence was finalized, but before it was stoned, Asr it's forbidden in consumption. The Brisa then derives that it's even prohibited in Hana, and benefit from the phrase, Ubal Ashur Naki, and the owner of the ox is, Clean, which is interpreted as an expression like one who says, Yatza ish pony nakim Pony went out clean from his possessions. And he has no hana from them at all. Later, the Gemara explains that since Rabbi Avo taught that the phrase already includes a prohibition from hana, from benefit, the phrase Baal Shornaki instead teaches that its hide is also prohibited in benefit. According to Tanaim who darshan Baal Shornaki differently, the hide is prohibited based on Es B'saro, which includes Es Atafu B'saro, that which is tough to its flesh, meaning the hide. And point number three, in a price it was taught, the Pusik says, Ubal Hashor Naki, and the ox's owner is absolved from payment, which Rebeliezer explains, Naki Mechatsi Kofer, the owner of the Tam, is absolved from paying half Kofer. Rebekiva asks why a Pusik is necessary, why half Kofer itself would only have been paid from the ox's body, and since this ox is killed and Asubahana, let him say, bring the ox to court and I will pay you. Is that how I'm in your eyes, that you think my drasha is with this ox which is liable to death? Rather, the cases where a single witness or the owner himself testified to the killing based on which the ox would not be killed. Still, since Rebbe Yezer holds Kofar is an atonement, such testimony would be adequate to obligate Kofar. On another occasion, he answered the cases where the ox intended to kill an animal or Gentile and inadvertently killed a Jew for which is not killed, but would pay Kofar. So once again, the three points are number one. The next mission teaches about an ox which kills a person, that a mood would pay Kofar and a tum would not, but even a tum is stoned to death. The Gemara said, since a tum is killed, how can it become a mood to kill people? Seven answers are offered and four remain. Number one, where it mortally injured three people who died after the third goring, rendering the ox a muad then and obligating its owner in kofar. Number two, where it killed and fled to a swamp before it could be sentenced to death for its first killing and then did so again after its second killing. Number three, the original witnesses who testified to the first two killings were discredited through Hazama and reinstated after the third killing. And number four, the witnesses could not identify which of the oxen was the killer before the third goring, so it could not be stoned earlier. He still pays Kofor for its third killer because he's told you have a goring ox among your cattle, you must guard all your cattle. 
point number two, a bryce discusses the laws of a shor niskal, a condemned ox. Since it's stoned to death, it's obvious that it cannot be eaten, lacking shechita. So why does the Torah need to write, lo yachel its flesh shall not be eaten? It teaches shim dino, if he shechted it after its sentence was finalized, but before it was stoned, it's forbidden in consumption. The Brysa then derives that it's even prohibited in Hana and benefit from the phrase, and the owner of the ox is clean, which is interpreted as an expression like one who says, Yatza ish pony nakim Pony went out clean from his possessions. And he has no Hana from them at all. Later, the Gemara explains that since Rabbi Avo taught that the phrase Oyachel already includes a prohibition from Hana, from benefit, the phrase Baal Shornaki instead teaches that its hide is also prohibited in benefit. According to Tanan Hudarshan Baal Shornaki differently, the hide is prohibited based on Es Besaro, which includes Es Atafel Besaro, that which is tuffled to its flesh, meaning the hide. And point number three, in a Bryce was taught, the Pusik says, Ubalashornaki, and the ox's owner is absolved from payment, which Rebeliezer explains, Naki Machazi Kofer, the owner of the Tam, is absolved from paying half Kofer. Rebekiva asks why a Pusik is necessary, why half Kofer itself would only have been paid from the ox's body, and since this ox is killed and Asubahana, let him say, bring the ox to court and I will pay you. Is that how I am in your eyes, that you think my drasha is with this ox which is liable to death? Rather, the cases where a single witness or the owner himself testified to the killing based on which the ox would not be killed. Still, since Rebbe Yezer holds Kofer is an atonement, such testimony would be adequate to obligate Kofer. On another occasion, he answered the cases where the ox intended to kill an animal or Gentile and inadvertently killed a Jew for which it's not killed but would pay Kofer. All right, so now we go to our simon daf memalf, and our standard simon relates to a ma, a mother, and we use a grandma to make the simon a little more distinct. So here goes. The grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that a killer short tom became a muad after the three people had injured all died, after the third goring, and that she could no longer eat it, and it was now completely asibahana, got some good news that she didn't have to pay chatzi kofer when another short tom of hers intended to kill an animal, and it inadvertently killed a Jew. Once again, slow motion. The grandma, grandma, that must mean one duff. Memoff, ma. The grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that her killer short tum became a muad after the three people had injured all died. After the third goring, which reminds us, the more discusses how an ox can become a muad to kill people before being stoned. Since the tum is killed, how can it become a muad to kill people? Seven answers are offered and four remain, one being, where mortally injured three people who died after the third goring, rendering the ox a muad then and obligating its owner in Kofer. So the grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that a killer short tum became a muad after the three people had injured all died, after the third goring, and that she could no longer eat it, and it was now completely asibahana, which reminds us of Bryce to discuss the laws of a shohan niskal, a condemned ox. Since it's stoned to death, it's obvious that it cannot be eaten, so why does the Torah need to write, lo sorrow, its flesh shall not be eaten? It teaches, if he shakted it after its sentence was finalized, but before it was stoned, it's forbidden in consumption. We learn from Baal Shornaki that the shore is also asr, Bahana. So the grandma who saddened when she was informed that her killer short tum became a muad after the three people had injured all died after the third goring and that she could no longer eat it and it was now completely asr bahana got some good news that she didn't have to pay chatzikofer when another short tum of hers intended to kill an animal and inadvertently 
killed a Jew, which reminds us, in a bright was taught, the Pasik says, Ubal Shor Naki, and the ox's owner is absolved from payment, which Rebeliezer explains, Naki Mechazi Kofer, the owner of a tam is absolved from paying half Kofer. Rebeliezer gave different explanations of the case, one being where the ox intended to kill an animal or Gentile, and it inadvertently killed a Jew, for which it's not killed, but would pay Kofer. So once again, the grandma, who was saddened when she was informed that a killer short tam became a muwad after the three people had injured, all died after the third goring, and that she could no longer eat it, and it was now completely asibahana, got some good news that she didn't have to pay Chatsi Kofer when another short tam of hers intended to kill an animal, and it inadvertently killed a Jew. All right, so now it's time for four blah Chazar. Daf Lamed Zayn. So the Simmer Daf Lamed Zayn is laser tag. So here goes. The shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players. Laser tag? That must mean we're in Daf Lamed Zayn. The shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players, but not the players from the blue team, which reminds us the more discusses the din of a shore that is moved to certain species and not to others. It pays full damages for what it's moved for and half damages for what it's not moved for. So the shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players, but not the players from the blue team, and then began to knock down alternating red team players, which reminds us, we discuss an animal which is moved with sirogen, moved for damaging in an alternate fashion, where it gores the first ox, but not the second ox, the third one, but not the fourth one, and so on. So the shore that was moved to knock down red team laser tag players, but not the players from the blue team, and then began to knock down alternating red team players, turned out to be an ox of hectish and was putter. From payment, which reminds us, the next mission states, Shorshi Yisrael Shenagach Shorshel Hektish. If the ox of an ordinary Jew Gordon ox of Hektish, Mishal Hektish Shenagach Shorshel Hedion, or an ox of Hektish Gordon ox of an ordinary Jew, Pater, the owner is exempt because the Pusik says Shore Ehu, the ox of his fellow, implying Vlo Shorshel Hektish, and not an ox of Hektish. Daf Lamed Ches. So the simmer Daf Lamed Ches is a double lock, a liquid, and we often use chicken soup. So here goes. The non-Jew being covered with a bowl of chicken soup. Chicken soup, that must be more daf, lamed ches, The non-Jew being covered with a bowl of chicken soup after learning he would have to pay full damages for his short tum goring a Jew's ox, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that if a Jew's ox gores a Gentile's ox, he's putted, but in the reverse case, the Gentile pays full damages even for a tum. The Gemara asks that if Re'ehu excludes a Gentile from receiving damages from a Jew, he should also exempt him from paying damages to a Jew, and if he's not excluded, then a Jew should also have to pay his damages. Rabbi Avo answered based on a pasuk that the Kush Baruch saw that the Sheva Mitzvahs, which B'nai Noach accepted upon themselves, since they did not keep them, Amad Vehitim Ramonin Yisrael, he arose and released their money to Yisrael. So the non-Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning, he would have to pay full damages for his shore, Goring a Jew's ox sat at the She'ena Matsuva Va'osa table while the Jew sat at the Matsuva Va'osa table, which reminds us, Rabbi Chinina said, Greater is the one who acts to fulfill Allah who is commanded to do so, the one who acts but was not commanded to do so. So the non Jew being comforted with a bowl of chicken soup after learning, he would have to pay full damages for a short time, goring a Jew's ox, sat at the She'ena Matsuva Va'osa table while the Jew sat at the Matsuva Va'osa table and were being served by two dogs. Daughters of a man who slept in the cave, which reminds us Rabbi Yochanan said, "In a kishbarchu does not withhold reward from any creature. A feel not even reward for fine speech. For regarding Lot's older daughter who named her child from him Moav from father, kishbarchu told Moshe, do not incite war against Moav, implying that although they could not wage war against them, they could enact levies against them. But regarding Lot's younger daughter, who used the less explicit term Ben Ami, son of my people, kishbarchu said, 
Klal, do not incite against them at all. Meaning that even levies may not be enacted against them. So the symbol of is a letter, and we often use a mailman in the simmons. So here goes. The mailman, mailman, that must be more in Daf Lamates, letter. The mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox, which reminds the more discusses if damages of an incompetent person's muad are collected from him or his apitropus. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain a muad, which reminds us in a brisa about an owner who became incompetent or traveled abroad. Sumko said, It remains in its tum state, until they testify about it before the owners. But the Chamin say we appoint an apitropus and accept testimony about the oxen in his presence. If the owner returns to competency, Sumka says, Chazot Muso, it returns to its tum state. But Yossi says, Chazkaso, it remains in its current muad state. Since Sumka's made clear in the second case that the ox did become a muad, the Gemara reinterprets the statement in the first case, Muso, it remains in its entirety, meaning we do not reduce his ownership of it by collecting half damages from its body. So the mailman who was appointed as an apitropus for an orphan who had a violent ox and was counting the days for him to become an adult and return the ox to him, which would remain a muad, was notified that because he only did a shmir b'chusa, he was chayv chasinezek, because of tzad tamuz bimkoma omedes, which reminds us, in a bright where Yaakov said that the ox of an incompetent person pays half damages. Rav explains the case is a muad, which he guarded with a shmir b'chusa, an inferior guarding. Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yudu holds on Daf Mem Hey, Tzad Tamus Bim Koma Umedis. The Tam portion of a muad remains in its place, such that half of the full payment retains the halachas of Tam. He further holds like Rabbi Yehuda there that although an inferior guarding does not exempt a Tam from half damages, it does exempt a muad from full damages. Daf Mem. So the Simon Daf Mem relates to Mayim water, and we use a pool. So here goes. The Apotrope is watching Yisomim in the pool. Pool. That must be on Daf Mem. Mayim. The Alpatrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing. They're not Chayv and Kofer, which reminds us, Abraisa teaches where an Alpatrope was appointed over orphans oxen, Kofer is not paid for a mood killing someone. This time it holds Kufa Kapara, Kofer payment is an atonement, and orphans who are minors need no atonement. The Gemara brings Malchokas regarding whose value is paid in Kofer, the value of the Nizak or the Mazik. So the Alpatrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing, they're not Chayv and Kofer, was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam, discovered the shore was a muad, indicating Rishus Enamashana, which reminds us, it was taught in a brisa, Shal Becheska's tam, if one borrowed an ox with the assumption it was a tam, the nimsa muad, and it was found to be a muad, the owner pays half damages and the borrower pays half damages. The borrower pays half because he accepted it as a tam, and the second half is the owner's responsibility for not informing the borrower. The Gemara clarifies the cases where the borrower discerned initially the animal's violent nature. So the Apotrope is watching Yosomim in the pool, splashing and singing. They're not a chayv and kofer. Was confused when he saw the lifeguard who thought he borrowed a tam discovered the shore was a muad, indicating rishus enamashane. While another ox the lifeguard bored that became a muad in his rishus reverted to becoming a tam when returned to the owner, which reminds us in the brights I just mentioned, the animal remained a muad when it was borrowed, indicating the Tana holds Rishus Enamashana. The change in Rishus does not change the ox's status. The Gemara asks that the Bryce's second case indicates the opposite. If it became muad in the borrower's house and he returned to the owner, the owner pays half damages and the borrower is completely exempt. This proves the animal reverts to tam status when it changes to the owner's Rishus. Rabbi Yochan says the prices are incompatible and reflect two different opinions. Two more answers are brought. Alright, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of ten questions. Number one. Which stuff do we discuss if damages of an incompetent person's muad are collected from him or his apitropus? That's on Dov.
on the test. Good number two. Which stuff to discuss how an ox can become a mood to kill people before being stoned when even a tum is stoned if it kills someone? That's on Duff. Memov. Good number three. Which stuff to discuss who gets to collect first when a short tum gores four or five oxen one after the other? That's on Duff. Good number four. Which stuff do we discuss why an oxen became a mood in the borrower's rishos becomes a tum when returned to the owner? That's on Duff. Ma'am. Good number five. Which stuff do we see that Kushbarku does not withhold schar from any creature, even reward for fine speech, which we learned from Lot's daughters? That's on Duff. Good number six. Which stuff do we learn that Rabbi Lezer says we learned from the Pasagubal Shor Naki that the owner of a tum is put from paying Chatzinezek? That's on Duff. Memov. Good number seven. Which stuff do you discuss what the din is in a case where one thought he was borrowing a tum, but in fact it was a mua? That's on Duff. Ma'am. Good number eight. Which stuff be the case of a shore which is mudlamino, but is not mud, which ain't mino? That's on Duff. Ahmed Zain. Good number nine. Which stuff do you discuss whether a mood returned to its own remains in its mood state? That's on Duff. Good. Number 10. Which of the Ganeshore and Niskal is forbidden to be eaten after the Gemar Din and is also Asubahana? That's on Duff. Memo. Excellent. That comes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Goldhart from Zikhu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.